Well, hey, everybody, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Performance Enhanced Benefits Podcast, where the purpose of this is to help business owners uh, bring them value from uh, subject matter experts in their area of field. Today, I'm going to be joined by uh, Kelly Vincent. Kelly is the uh, the managing principal of uh, Kelly Vincent CPA in uh, Prosper, Texas. Kelly, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you today, Stephen? I'm doing well. Obviously, you know, we've been we both chatting before we uh, got started here that we're finally getting some uh, some cool Texas weather. I think it's 80 <laughs> degrees versus the uh, the typical 105 that we had this summer. So uh, that, that's a little bit of a uh, of a change for us here. Yeah, but uh, Kelly, why, why don't we start just by uh, telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a Louisiana native living here in Texas and enjoying every bit of it. Uh, my family of three boys and my husband all live here in Prosper and I started my practice right mm-hmm. at seven years ago and I just really enjoy working with small business owners helping them be able to really learn their business learn how to save taxes which is huge mm-hmm. and then also most importantly too is adding money to their or you know adding an increase to their bottom line so basically make more money and spend less to the IRS. So it's my um, goal and plan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think most people would agree that that's what they want to do. They want to have more in their bottom line and they're paying Uncle Sam less uh, than, exactly. than they possibly want. So obviously it's great to have to know uh, CPAs and people to help them out with that process. But obviously you've been doing this now for, uh, for seven years. So how did you get started with it? What made you want to get into uh, being a CPA, but also starting your own practice. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in my own practice for seven years and I've been a CPA for a little over 15. And part of my um, career back was in public accounting. And then the other part was in corporate. And then I started my practice. So what was really exciting is why I went into accounting was really to help and learn. I actually watched my grandfather, who was an entrepreneur in Louisiana, I just really saw his relationship with a CPA and I always, when I decided to go into that career, that's exactly what I wanted. So it took me a little while to get here and start my practice, but I learned a lot of tools throughout that period. And so when I started my practice, I knew exactly where I wanted to be. And that's exactly how I've um, planned out my practice and how things run. Okay. Well, just a couple of those then. Uh, we'll go go a little bit off script here then, but I was from a standpoint <laughs> of, well, what are some of those tools then that uh, that, that you kind of took and you implemented? Yeah, absolutely. Relationship. Relationship means a lot. Um, whenever you're a small business owner and there's several ways to go about, or you're getting a letter from the IRS, or you, um, you've heard someone's doing something and you just need advice, you need someone to call. You need that mm-hmm. person that's in your back pocket that you can trust. And so relationship is key number one to me in my practice, a very boutique practice that I can have that one-on-one relationship and learn those business owners. And then the other tools there are really learning to understand your business from a financial perspective. So not only what operations that you're doing or the um, the day-to-day activities, but how does that impact you financially? Um, you know, just from being able to one, grow that profit. And then third is really goal planning, right? So we mm-hmm. hear about that a lot in different aspects of life, but it also very much applies to your business is how to really plan 
and be intentional with your business. So those would be main the main tools you know that I definitely recommend business owners having in, in their toolbox and then knowing how to how to utilize those. No, it makes perfect sense. So, you know, you, we talk about goal setting in a lot of different areas of our lives. Uh, many times we don't think about it from uh, from a financial aspect to our own business, yeah, uh, or whatever it may be. You know, you've talked a lot that about it, right? Just, you know, it de- definitely, <laughs> especially for those that are goal oriented. You know, being able to set a goal and a task to something I'm sure is going to be it, it helps them to you know make sure that they're tracking along the way that they want to go. Yeah. Um, but you've talked a lot. You mentioned a lot. You know, business. You know, obviously, when it comes to taxes, I think a lot of people, the first thing they think about is their own individual tax returns. So what's kind of the major difference between a, you know, as you're preparing for business or individual returns? What, how do people get, how can they be differentiated? Yeah, that's a, such a great question. And one that a lot of times is not understood. And so mm-hmm. business, the majority of business returns do not pay their own taxes. So um, the majority of small business ownership the taxes come through that individual return. And so really, when you think about that, everybody's return looks different. It's kind of like your mm-hmm. own DNA. It's you know what really makes up your household income. You might have inheritance. You might have some distributions from somewhere. And then you also add in your business income. And so it really does make things look a lot different than your next door neighbor or another like kind of um, business owner. And so just really understanding how your taxes work. So there are definitely tax strategies in your entity type. And so what would make the most advantage is from a taxation short-term and long-term for your business. So some um, things that might, from a taxation standpoint, entity that might ring bells are like S corporations mm-hmm. or you know, your LLCs. And um, there's a lot of pieces that go into those. And it's really understanding how does that impact you from an individual taxpayer and really how to strategize and be in the best position for that. Yeah, that, that was good. I was actually leading into my next question mm-hmm. of how does preparation vary based on the structure of their business? Someone's an S corp, C corp or maybe they're a single member LLC, or they're just, they're a small business owner that's still using their social security number uh, for for operating their business. How does that look differently for each kind of, uh, I guess, business entity? Yeah, well, that's when the good old government gets involved, right? Because (laughs) the different entity structures have different requirements from the IRS. And some are a lot, um, they're very specific for business owners to understand and what they have to file. It's not only from a federal standpoint, but also from a state, uh, what is required. So it's honestly like from an S corporation that, that, you know, a lot of times business owners hear, you know, so-and-so is an S corp and they're saving so much money. Well, again, it really goes down to really looking at what are the requirements of an S corporation? Is that, does that really make sense? They're always, to me, we always look at the cost benefit, right? Mm -hmm. What is it going to cost me in order to get me X benefit and always make sure that that return of investment is worth it, you know? So every um, entity type has a different structure, has different tax forms. Um, A lot of them have different tax due dates. And so um, not only, again, from a federal standpoint, but also from a statewide 
it's really important to understand what you're dealing with and just really to make sure you're in compliance. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. You know, with all the different structures, you want to make sure that you're following the letters of the law when it comes to certain things. But also, it may make sense for them to to limit their tax liability, which of course leads into the next question of, you know, should people always question what they're paying in taxes or should they just take that, hey, you know what, it's coming from the IRS, they're, they're probably correct. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love that, you know, a lot of times I have conversations with people and they say, oh, I don't pay anything in taxes. Like I get this big refund at the end of the year. And really, honestly, we think, hey, I'm getting money back. I'm doing something good, you know? And really every single taxpayer, no matter um, if you own a business, you don't always question, always look into what am I missing or what advantages could be out there that I'm already participating in and I'm not taking advantage of that. Um, There's over 300 tax strategies that apply to um, U.S. citizens. And so it's really asking those questions, again, having an accountant that's versed in those strategies and really be able to look at your tax situation and say, if you've you know, if you've got some opportunities there or not, it definitely does not um, cost you anything. It could definitely put quite a bit of money in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, the 300, I, I certainly didn't know that there were 300 different options. So yeah, <laughs> it sounds like there are a lot of different ways for someone to be able to make sure that they're reducing what they're having to pay back each year. Uh, and then as a reminder too, that those, those refunds we're getting to are really just an overpayment on what we, on what we paid in to begin with. So trying yes. to figure out how do we continue those processes and making sure we're not paying a, as much, but, you know, from a business owner standpoint, of course, too, you know, they hire experts in, in every field to help them with their, with their books, setting up the business, LLCs, whatever the structure is that they want to do. But, right. Being a CFO, does, a lot of times they may put it on the onus of the of the accountant, but should a business owner also be playing CFO within their own business also? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe as an accountant that the CFO role of a business owner is really the top positions that an owner plays in their business. And a lot of times because that, because maybe money or maybe financials, don't really resonate with them. Like they're into the passion of how they're serving or what they're doing in their business that the financial end just kind of gets put to the back burner or there's mm-hmm. a bookkeeper, there's someone that's taking care of that. And so they they really think, well, I'll get to that at tax time. But really a CFO of your business, what you're able to do is put some really good tools in your toolbox to be able to access and to really look at how your business is doing. It's basically you're changing the game real time. You're able to look and see what's truly working in your business and what isn't, what's costing you money, where you can really save. And so a lot of times, like what I feel like as far as having a toolbox, it's not necessarily that the owner's having to go out and do that work, right? Doing the bookkeeping or really just the day-to-day financial um, operations, but what that business owner could do is be able to utilize what someone else is already doing by using those tools that are there. So understanding, like really getting into financial literacy of their business, understanding seasonality, um, and, and really what is the trend 
in their business. Also, what are the industry averages of that business and really run those um, as comparatives just to see what opportunities are there. And to me, that's that's the um, sweet spot to be able to really look at the financials and make decisions um, and then put those back into those goals, right? Really knowing where the goals of the business are and how to put those financial pieces in with the goals that have been um, created is a is really a strong avenue that you know you're on the right track and that you're going in the right direction. So you're not saying, hey, every business owner, I want you to add more to your plate and yeah. be the bookkeeper, do all this. You're just saying they need to have a better understanding and literacy of what each maybe line item means uh, on their P&L statements, for an example, or, or budgetary statements, whatever it is. Is that, is that fair to say? That is 100% correct. Okay. I actually do not think it is advantageous for an owner to do their own books. I actually don't do my own books. Just because we can do things doesn't necessarily mean we need to. And so where we really look at the value of our time, where we're really, where we should be spending our time, um, there are experts out there that can do it a lot better and a lot quicker than we can and um, can give us that great advice and we can lean on them and, and really be able to have them as our team and that we can trust what's being done. And, and really from a financial service, having a good bookkeeper is an absolute must. Okay. That's, that's good advice for people to have is being a bookkeeper, but also understanding their own numbers. Because ultimately, if a business scales enough and they say, hey, you know what? I want to get out of this. I want to maybe sell yeah. one day. Yeah. Uh, they, they at least understand the numbers that are in that. So that kind of leads into my next question. You know, Is there ever a right or wrong time for a business that is that's wanting to sell their business to, to do so? Yeah. You cannot start too soon to have the end in mind. So what a lot of times business owners, um, what we do is that, and I'm putting my own self in this, throwing mm -hmm. my own self under the bus here, is that we are so much in the day-to-day -day about what's going to happen, you know, right here in the near future. And we're not looking at why are we working? Like, what are we doing here? What is the legacy that we want to create? What is the business that we really want to create? What does retirement look like? You know, so many business owners we don't take the time to ask those questions. And, um, you know, I know baseball's a really big deal to you and it yeah. is to me too. My son um, is a pitcher. And so I really equate it to a pitcher throw into a catcher, right? You've got to have that target. You have to know mm -hmm. where you're going. You have to know where you're throwing and really be able to target in. And so by having an idea of what does an exit strategy look like? What does really what does my exit of this business look like? It does not mean you have to stop working. You know, that's what a lot of time business owners like, well, I want to <laughs> do this forever. And that's great. That's part of an exit strategy, actually. But by really putting in exit strategy, exit planning, not only are you growing from an intentional standpoint with the end in mind, but you're also creating value in your business today. You're um, really creating efficiencies in your operations you're growing that bottom line. You're creating goals that you're, are measurable within a 90-day increments. And by doing that, you're really growing to that target. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's I've, I'm a big believer in exit strategy. Um, I'm actually a certified exit planning advisor okay. um, called a SEPA. And um, really, my training has been on helping 
small business owners really understand what does that mean? Because I think a lot of times in the world that we're in, exit planning means such a final um, decision and it doesn't have to be. Okay. But to me, I really equate it to being prepared, creating a legacy and being prepared. And every business owner I have ever talked to, that's how they want to feel. They want to feel prepared. They want to feel like they're in control and they want to make a difference. And yeah. right. And so for future generations to come, I mentioned my grandfather earlier. Um, he created such a legacy for our family, completely changed generations to come even after me because of the hard work and things that he did in his business. And his businesses are still running in Louisiana, even though he's in heaven. So um, I think it's just really important to um, really have that end in mind and and really um, strategize to that. That makes perfect sense. Having that goal, having that end in mind, you know, uh, Stephen Covey talks about that in the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. Uh, you, you begin with the end in mind. And if you're able to set targets, like you said, along the way, it helps you to kind of track where you are along that process. Obviously, I think a lot of us, we either get caught up in two or, you know, one or two different things, really. It's the day-to-day minutia, or yes. it's the, we have this grandiose goal vision that we want to have, and then we forget what it means to get there and, or how we're going to get there and not necessarily be as intentional as we want to be. Uh, I know we were talking offline, we are talking about just being intentional can pay, you know, can serve you for lifetimes to come. What do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, I try to show up every day, intentional, um, present, being present, really knowing where you're going, just thinking of that dartboard and that, mm-hmm. you know, when you know where you're going, you're like more likely to get there. And, and I think too, that when we look at it, like, I think our overall long-term goals, they don't really change that much. Now, maybe some of the details do, but I don't see these long-term goals really changing significantly, but it's able to give you that. How am I going to show up today? That's going to impact tomorrow and really be able to um, structure your days, structure your mindset, structure your business, um, who you're hiring, right? So your key employees of your business, what they're doing, what culture you're putting into your business, all of that is intentionality based on where you're wanting to go, right? Um, And so I call that exit planning. Okay. (laughs) A lot of other people (laughs) call that being intentional, growing value in your business. Mm -hmm. And um, did you know that 70% of of, um, small business owners' portfolio is their business. So when they're, yes, so it's a large, large percentage. And so my goal is to help small business owners really take advantage of that investment because you Mm -hmm. show up every single day and you're doing the hard work and we want to capture that hard work. We don't want to pay much taxes on it, right? We want to really do some (laughs) tax strategy on the overall sell but we really want to grow that from being able to recognize all that hard work and be able to have a monetary value that goes with that. And I think a lot of times we see that as really complicated that Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, nobody's going to want to buy my business or I don't even know where to start, you know? Yeah. That's where just starting is huge. Just um, starting that plan 
and um, being able to know what that looks like, you know, and just really have that from an increment standpoint is huge. No, it makes perfect sense. And it seems like all of these things kind of go hand in hand as far as like what your strategies are with having uh, conversations around that with, with clients and people just in general, making sure that they understand taxes and things of like that. But kind of as we're wrapping up here, what's one maybe final piece of advice that you would give people around whether it be exit planning or tax preparation for, for their business? Yeah, just have fun. Okay. <laughs> have fun. Enjoy your business. Um, mm-hmm. Enjoy, you know, and I'm speaking really to the small business owners, but also those are hustling out in the corporate world like life's short, you know, mm-hmm. and just really enjoy what you're doing and really find that what's getting you up every morning and um, moving you. And if it's not, evaluate and ask mm-hmm. yourself why and what can change, you know. I mean, I spent, I had talked a little bit about, you know, prior to me starting my practice um, and I had a great career, but it didn't fill my cup. And even in when I started my business, you know, like I said, it's right now in seven year, I'm about to celebrate my seventh birthday of being a business owner. But some of those years in the beginning, it wasn't filling my cup. And I really asked myself why. And I've made the investments to make those changes. It's never too late. It's never mm-hmm. too late because you want to really enjoy and really give what you've been called to give. So. Yeah, that's that's great advice. You know, just just have fun. <laughs> But also, it's never too late. You can always reanalyze and uh, making sure that you're investing in yourself. And hopefully, of course, you know, paying less in taxes as you make those yes. investments, of course, too, Absolutely. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Kelly, if, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, absolutely. So you can email at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at kvcpa.com. All right. Well, Kelly, I appreciate your time today and your expertise on uh on business preparation and exit sharing strategies. Uh, Again, everybody, this has been Steven Snyder, another edition of the Performance Enhanced Benefits Podcast. Look forward to speaking to you next time. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you.